Hey everybody, this is Jamie Dew. And I'm Joe Fondo. Welcome back once again to our podcast, The Towel in the Basin. Yeah, so this is kind of a special episode just because um, typically we talk about various things like a listener will write a question and we'll discuss that or maybe we talk about uh, your research, Jamie. This is a little different because we're actually talking about uh, a book that you wrote that is uh, just come out. Um, as when this uh, podcast is released, this will this book will already be out, hmm. and that book is called "How Do We Know?" So, Jamie, I have a question now. This is not the first time you wrote this book. This is the <laughs> second edition. Um, why did you write a second edition? Uh, yeah, so I guess maybe, um, you know, you don't do it right the first time and you can try to do it again. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really, them all. yeah, this is the, this is actually the first out of, I mean, early, early in my career partnering with Mark Foreman. Uh, this is a book that I wanted to do. Uh, it was born out of classes that I was teaching, uh, and that he was teaching and, um, it was just always a book that I wanted to do. And so it was early, early in my career when I wrote this book. Um, and, uh, you know, looking back on it, I'm super fortunate, uh, to have had the opportunity to do it in the first place, because this was really, I guess you can say my first foot in the door. And, uh, I, for years, uh, I don't know what, what people envision about these, these processes and, and such, but I can tell you as a young, you know, academic, uh, trying to go around and get myself published, which is something you have to do to be able to survive in that industry. Um, you know, it was just like, I was finding it impossible. I mean, for years, like six or seven years, I would go to these conferences where all these publishers were going to be and I'd present my ideas and they just kind of pat me on the head, you know, like, Oh, that's a cute idea, Sonny. And <laughs> send me on my way. And I just never could get any traction. And so that was the experience for years and years and years. And this was the, this was really the first opportunity when we, when we did the first volume of this, the first version of this, um, you know, it was the first opportunity we had, I had to do anything of substance like that. And so I was excited about that, uh, in the life of the first edition, it, I mean, it had a great lifespan. Uh, it was picked up by a couple uh, bigger Christian universities and it was used fairly widely. It sold way, way better than I ever hoped or dreamed it could. And I was very fortunate in that regard. However, it was written very early in my career and where, you know, all of us have different things that we're, we're good at or not so good at. Uh, one of the things I've always felt and just the feedback I've gotten throughout my ministry, speaking or writing, that I tend to do fairly well is, is translate the academy to mm -hmm. the lady. And, mm -hmm. you know, something that the academicians are, you know, grinding through and be able to sort of translate that to common folks and just say, look, here's what they're saying. And I think, in, you know, as I look back, as my career went on, there were a lot of aspects of the first edition where I felt like we did that really well. But because it was written so early in my career, there were, at the same time, uh, there was a couple areas where we did not, uh, sorry, my phone was ringing there. Um, there were a couple aspects or a couple issues in the field of epistemology that we didn't even speak to. And um, there were a couple parts of the book that I just really did not feel like were as strong as they needed to be mm -hmm. or as clear as they needed to be, or just maybe a little muddled or something like that. So the, the book sold really well. 
And I was fortunate in that regard. And so then about, I guess this was about three years ago, I was at a conference. I was having breakfast one morning with the, my editor at IVP, uh, which, you know, after you publish a book like this or something like that, any, now anytime you get to go to these conferences, you know, you tend to catch up with these folks and have a lunch or a breakfast or something. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there at breakfast with Dave McNutt, uh, David McNutt at IVP, uh, mm-hmm. and we were just dreaming about other possibilities of books we could do. And I just said, the IVP had had, still has, this philosophy series called Contours and Philosophy. And uh, it was it was a wonderful series, wonderful series, but it was a bit dated. Mm. And I just said, you know, what we really need is a new series. Uh, not that that other series doesn't make a valuable contribution. It absolutely does. However, there's a lot that's happened in philosophy over the last 20 to 30 years since then. And we really need some volumes on these major aspects of philosophy, the major heads of philosophy, like epistemology, metaphysics, a philosophy of mind and logic and things like that. We need something. We need volumes now that are up to date. And there's really not a series in any of the evangelical prints where that existed. And so what I I'd envisioned at that time was, hey, what if we just do a new series? Mm-hmm. And um, that struck IVP as valuable and interesting. And so that conversation went on for a couple of years. And then as it evolved, so too did the idea of, hey, and by the way, we could do a second edition of this introductory volume to epistemology, and that could be included in the new series. And so there, that's how it all happened. And uh, so, you know, I went back to Mark and said, hey, Mark, would you be up for doing, you know, let's do a revised version of the book. And he was on board and IVP was on board and it gave, I was excited about it because it gave an opportunity for me to sort of shore up some places in the first volume where I really just did not feel like it was as clear as it needed to be or as helpful as it needed to be. And it gave me the opportunity to add a new chapter to it as well. So, um, yeah, taking, I was going to ask a great opportunity to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask about the new chapter. So there's a new chapter eight. Can we be objective in our view of the world? Yeah. Um, this was not in the first one. Was this topic discussed in the first one at all? Or how did this get put in here? It was not in the first one at all, but uh, about four years after the publication of the first edition, I participated in a book with Stuart Kelly on understanding postmodernism, and I wrote a chapter for that book there on objectivity and subjectivity. And Mm. I mean, we're dealing, we're responding to postmodernism in that book. And uh, while it's an issue that comes up most often in the discussions about postmodernity, it is still a deeply, deeply, deeply epistemological issue. And so I just really felt like, you know, man, if I ever had the chance to do a second edition, I would want to add a shorter, smaller chapter. So it it covers much of the same terrain in those two chapters, the one in this new book and the one in the Understanding uh, Postmodernism book. Mm-hmm. The understanding postmodernism chapter, though, is about twice the size of the chapter in this book, mm-hmm. where basically here I just give a shorter version of that same discussion where I, I, I just cover the the history of this question. Um, and so and, and this is this is seriously important for us epistemologically as we think about one, the history of philosophy and epistemology. But as we think specifically about the developments of modernity and post-modernity, if you want to try to understand how those two 
approaches differed from each other and were similar to each other? This is a, an important question. But then it's also really important as we think about modern day hermeneutics as well, because I think, I mean, you just watch any of the debates that people have on Twitter. There is always this sort of attack that people make on others where it's like, well, you're just not reading the text. Mm-hmm. And I mean, certainly there are passages that are super crystal clear. And then there are certain passages that, my gosh, very serious, respectable scholars take very different perspectives on things before. And so what's the difference there? If they're reading the same text with the same backgrounds and all those things from the text, what's driving those differences? Uh, and so questions about objectivity and subjectivity are, are I think, seriously important for both, mm-hmm. not just our discussions about historical philosophy, but even for epistemology today. And ultimately what I do in both of those chapters is I simply tell the story of how that whole question evolved and developed, and then provide what I think to be are some very um, reasonable pushbacks against postmodern philosophy and its denial of objectivity. Mm-hmm. So, in short, that's what I did. Okay. Um, so you've, you've clearly added a chapter, chapter eight, which you were just talking mm-hmm. about. Yep. Is there anything else that you've added um, to like the other chapters and stuff, the content of the book you talked about, maybe just shoring up some ideas that um, earlier in your career um, you've sort of have maybe a more mature view on now or something like that. What else is different in the book? So a couple things. Number one, I never really felt like some of my discussions in early chapters, especially things like uh, what is knowledge. Uh, there were some aspects of that chapter that I, as I read back through it years going by, just really felt like eh, it was probably a little sloppier than I would want it to be now. I mean, understandable mm-hmm. for that point in my career. And this is the man. Here's the thing. Five years from now, ten years from now, I'm probably gonna look back again and go, "Gosh, it's still so sloppy." That's the that's the price of growing older and reading more and thinking more and having more conversations. And you know, these are ongoing discussions that you you begin to realize and you sharpen up. But Lord willing, I should always be. We should always be, you know, increasing in our in our ability to 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 be as concise as we possibly can. Um, so yeah, there were things in chapter two that I thought were not. Uh, great in terms of some possible responses to some problems related to knowledge. There was, uh, for now, what's in chapter seven, uh, the chapter on justification. Looking back on that one, I certainly felt like my treatment of various uh, distinctions in the field were just not what they needed to be. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, what we did is we ended up making in the, this new second edition a much, I think, clearer distinction between two different approaches to justification, one view called internalism, another view called externalism, and then doing, I think, a much better job the second time around of giving some clear examples of different approaches to both internalism and externalism that I think uh, you should just probably make it a lot clearer to the reader. And, oh, oh, that's what you mean. So, uh, you know, stuff like that. And and by the way, those are really important, really important um, issues in epistemology. If you don't get those right, you know, you're just not doing a whole lot. I had written uh, two years ago, I guess it was, it was published maybe a little less than that. I had co-authored a book with Paul Gould uh, called Philosophy of Christian Introduction with Baker. And he wrote the majority of the metaphysics. I wrote the majority of the epistemology sections. And I, there I wrote that as a much, I'll say much, a, a good bit older philosopher, mm-hmm. uh, a lot more seasoned. 
And I felt much more confident about the chapters I'd written there in epistemology as opposed to this one. And so, uh, you know, questions about justification and reformed epistemology and all of those things were were really important uh, to make sure that we tried to get right. And so I, I feel much better now about what we've done in the second edition. That's cool. Um, is there anything that you particularly um, just really enjoyed writing about this one that you didn't have in the other one? Yeah. Um, I didn't feel any pressure this time around like I did mm-hmm. the first time. I mean, I I felt uh, pressure related to timelines in the first one. I felt pressure in terms of, and this is the first thing I'm ever going to say in published form. Uh, I felt all those weights back then. And it's not that I, I took it lightly, but I guess I just didn't have those pressures this time. For me, it was uh, a much more joyful opportunity this time around that, hey, how blessed am I to be at a place in my career where, you know, there's a book that's done fairly well and that I, I now have the opportunity to to sharpen it a bit or strengthen it or even clean it up in some ways. And, you know, anytime I have the leisure to write uh, on things like this, it's invigorating to me. So actually, the chapter that I wrote and the majority of the revisions that I did in this book, I did during the month of my inauguration here. Uh, and <laughs> yes. So I was, I was inaugurated, I don't remember which day, but it was late in January. I basically yeah. came back from Christmas break, and all I did for the month of January was write and rework. And so heading into an event that I found stressful, yeah. you know, this was fun for me. This was, nice. a, this was a nice little reprieve to just sit and to think and to try and to do some research again. Um, and that was, you know, that's not an opportunity that sitting in my seat, I get a lot of opportunities to do. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat envious and jealous of my friends who are faculty members and, uh, that they get to read books and they get to write <laughs> and stuff like yeah. that. I get to do a lot yeah. of, from my seat today. So this was fun. Well, that's great. Uh, this looks like a great book. It's called for everybody listening. It's called, how do we know? And um, you can get it at ivppress.com. Just go to mm-hmm. ivppress.com. Just search mm-hmm. for Jamie James K. Du, or go to ivppress.com slash how do we know. Those yep. are all with hyphens. And you could also find it on Amazon. Um, release date is November um, 17th. And we are recording this before then, but when this goes out, it will already be live. And so you can find mm-hmm. it online. Yeah. And just real quick, it's part of uh, anything I've ever written. People, you know, because I go by Jamie and everybody only knows me as Jamie. uh, When they go to Amazon, if they type in Jamie Do, you're going to find nothing. Um, (laughs) Anything that I've ever written is always under my actual name, James K. Do Jr. And uh, you can find stuff that way. Uh, This is part of a new series, though. I'm super excited about this. I'm pumped about this. Let me just give a plug for the series whole that's coming out. Um, we have myself and uh, Paul Franks, who's a philosopher, lives in Canada, young, uh, just a super sharp, awesome guy that I get to do, be the, the two of us are co-editing this series with IVP. And it's going to, the, the name of the series is called Questions 
in Christian philosophy. And so there's mm. the volume that, that I've gotten to do with Mark Foreman on epistemology. How do we know is not an apologetics book. It's more of an introduction to epistemology. Mm. Uh, it's the questions, well, what is knowing? And then we've got one on metaphysics coming, one on philosophy of mind coming, one on uh, logic that's coming, and one on aesthetics as well. So awesome. super exciting to be a part of that. And uh, cool. that's a project that'll probably be, you know, the next 10 years we'll be working on this project. Yeah, that's great. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jamie, for taking us through this new edition. You bet. Thanks, man. Hey, everybody. This is Jamie and Joe again. If you like this podcast, would you leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts? That helps other people find it. And if you have any questions, we'd love to hear about them. Just go to jamiedo.com slash questions and send them in that way. And we'll take a look at the most frequently asked questions and give them a shot.